Well, we are in this series. It's the second Sunday of Magnified Life. Magnified Life, to me, especially as we're talking about this morning, somewhat has a double meaning. Listen, our, our goal as Christians, as Christ followers, should be to magnify and glorify the Lord. Right? It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, there's some specifics in there that God begins to give us as Christ followers. But our goal, my intent in life, should just be to glorify God, to magnify him. And as I magnify him, we get to experience the fullness of who he is. Our life, in return, is magnified. I begin to think of some laws of physics. Anybody have any knowledge or experience with physics? I do not, so I'm going to share what I found on Google. No, I mean, I knew some laws of physics, although I've never, I was lucky to get through biology with a passing grade uh, back in high school. Uh, But here we go. I I begin to think of some laws of physics and the fact that the laws of physics are always happening behind the scenes, but you can't escape them, right? Here's just a few. The law of motion. Last night on the farm uh, with my 49-year-old self and and slightly overweight, still uh, I was experiencing law of motion a few times. Uh, when you can't stop yourself from that, from that motion. Uh, here, here's another one that also applies to, to, to me. The law of conservation of mass, the, the, the greater mass, the greater motion. I don't know if that affects the, the velocity, you know. Uh, but anyways, the law of energy. I thought of the law of momentum, another one. Momentum that we, you experience. The, has anybody just struggled to catch their balance at any one point? And the older you get, the harder it is to do that. Uh, the law of momentum, I experienced that going down the slide. How many of you adults went down the big tunnel slide last night? Okay, I saw you go down a few times. Yeah, that was some, quite a momentum. And for me, at least, maybe not you, but me included a few bounces at the end, uh, I'd learned that if you just kind of went limp going down, you had fewer bounces. Uh, but the law of momentum. Here, here's the last one, and, and one that we experience all the time, but we, we never, the law of gravity. How many of you ever walk around and like throughout the day, you're just like, man, I'm so thankful for the law of gravity. Yeah. Now, we, we don't really think about it a whole lot. Uh, well, unless you fall. Uh, Robert, in the first service, he's damaged his hand from a trip, so he... <laughs> He suffered from the law of gravity, but we never really think about it. But gravity, the law of gravity is happening right now. I mean, I think it would be fun if it wasn't, but it's happening right now, and it's happening all day long. We don't really acknowledge it or celebrate it, though we probably could. Uh, In the same way, there's these spiritual laws that are happening throughout our life consistently all the time. They never stop, but we don't really think about them too often, but there's spiritual laws that we can't escape. By the way, I I began to think about as I was preparing this, that we would call these laws of physics or natural laws, gravity, momentum, motion. These are spiritual laws. They were designed by God, discovered by man, but designed by God. Along with this, there's these, there's these laws that have affect us spiritually that we can't escape. One of those is the law of giving. Now, before your mind goes straight to finances, I'm not talking about that. This, I mean, it's always included when we talk about giving, but I'm not necessarily talking about that. This morning, we're focusing on faithfulness. To me, faithfulness is I'm giving my life to God. I'm giving my moments, every moment to God. And there's this law that you find in scripture uh, about giving that we cannot escape. In Luke 8, verse 38, it says this, give and you will receive. That's great in itself. If I give, I'm gonna receive. But listen as it goes further. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. 
Isn't that amazing? Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Listen, that's a law that we cannot escape. As we give, I I would prefer to call it invest. As I invest in kingdom work, the Bible is saying God begins to give back to me. I I love the lines that says, uh, to make room for more, and he just pours into my lap. Listen, if you are a child of God, you are blessed. And what I want to make clear, even though sometimes language is a little bit confusing or blurred because we do see that if you give, you receive, press down, shaking together, pouring into your lap. If you're blessed, uh, if you're a Christ follower, you are blessed. If you're a child of God, you are blessed, not because of what you do, but because of who you belong to. You're his, you're God's, and you're blessed because of that. However, as we look in scripture, there's clarity on how we're supposed to live as Christ's followers. And as we look at that scripture, the amount you give will determine the amount you give back. Listen, you're already blessed, but God wants you to receive more of him. That doesn't always come with you know, financial gain or more material things. I think it, it comes more so with just knowing him more, experiencing him more, that at in any moment of the day, all of a sudden you realize, man, God is awesome, and he's right here with me. Whether you're at school, you're at work, you're in the community, that at any moment of the day, all of a sudden you have this overwhelming sense of God is with me. Like for me, that's a blessing, Right? Listen, one way that we experience this blessing, this magnified life, you hear me talk about this a lot because it's just, it's just where I'm at in my walk with him. I just want to draw close. I just want to draw close. I can look in scripture. I can listen to God and he'll give me specific things that I'm supposed to do that he wants me to do throughout the day or with my life. But I just want to draw close to him because the closer I get to him, the more that I know him. Right? So one way that we can draw close to God is by giving God praise and the attention that he deserves. He is a miraculous, awesome God, and we need to acknowledge him in our walk, in our life. We need to acknowledge him, praise him verbally more, not just in this place, but in our community. And so we've got to choose to magnify him every day in everything that we do. When we humble ourselves and magnify him, our life is then magnified. So here's that little double meaning I'm finding in our series. When we humble ourselves and we choose to magnify him, our life is then magnified. We see this in James 4.10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. That's incredible to me. So my goal is just to magnify him, just to keep lifting his name up. And as I do that, my life becomes then magnified. It says he'll lift me up to a place of honor. It's amazing to me. Listen, that's what God desires for us. He wants you to be blessed. We sang songs this morning about his faithfulness, but we receive and get to know him more and more through our faithfulness. And he wants that for us. He delights, he delights, he delights in you, and he wants you to know all about him. And so for me, that happens as I draw close, and one of the ways that I can draw close is by continually drawing attention to him throughout my day. And so as I said this morning, we're going to focus on faithfulness. 
our faithfulness. We know that God's faithful, but we're also as Christ followers called to live faithfully devoted to him. A magnified life is demonstrated by glorifying God in everything that we do. And in return, we get to experience all that God is and all that he has for us. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, whatever you do, so that's whatever you do, (laughs) whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. What does this inheritance mean? It means that everything that he has, he wants me to have. Think about that for just a minute. Some of you might have experienced uh, an inheritance from the passing of a, a parent or a grandparent or another relative. But here we have God saying that he wants us to have all that he has. As soon as you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive that inheritance. It's not something that's withheld. Well, as soon as they get their act together, as soon as he stops doing this, then, no, as soon as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the inheritance that God has for us, is ours. I, I want to dissect this, these few verses just a little bit because sometimes we get it backwards. I have to do good to receive this inheritance, and that's not it at all. Really what this verse is telling us, let me read it again, 23 and 24 of Colossians 3. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you were working for the Lord. And then 24 says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance. That word since is really important. Because it kind of flips the verse around and the meaning of the verse around as we might think about it. So I don't do everything for the Lord so that I will receive an inheritance. I have that inheritance as a result of being blessed by God. I begin to do everything for the Lord. Why? Because it begins to transform me. It begins to change me. I think differently. I act differently. I live differently. But I'm not doing this in an effort to receive an inheritance. The inheritance is mine. And because of it, now I'm doing everything for him. I don't know about you. I mean, you hear me say it a lot, but it, I, I just had this thing in my mind that it was, it was just effort. And, and maybe it was because I was always doing something to get in trouble for, and so I was always hearing, be good, stop being bad, right? Maybe you heard that, thing, that same thing often. Uh, I heard it often, and so I had this whole misconception of who God is that I had to be good for God. no. God is for me, that enables me to do good things he's planned for me to do. That's amazing, and there's so much freedom and liberty. When I began to realize that, man, it set me free from this whole, I don't really have to worry about what other people think. I just have to worry about drawing close to Jesus. And as I draw close to Jesus, I become more like Jesus. And man, that pleases God so much. In our culture today, we applaud success and pursue prosperity. Maybe you have been caught up in that. But what God applauds is faithfulness. God has called us to be faithful, not famous. God is not looking for perfect people. Oh, I was hoping I'd get at least one hallelujah right there, at least from a spouse. God is not looking for perfect people. He is simply searching for those who will be devoted to him and to be faithful. Faithful. 
We see this in 2 Chronicles 6.19. Look what it says here. It says, for the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth. In other words, God's looking throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. How many of you need to be strengthened at heart? We go through so many seasons of life, so many rough times, so many hard times, and I think too many times what we're asking, we go straight to God for the strength rather than, God, help me, empower me to be more committed, fully devoted to you. Because the result is he sees that devotion, he sees that commitment, and he strengthens my heart. And that's just something that happens over and over and over again. But I think we all of a sudden find ourselves at a weak point and we're just crying out for strength when strength is the result of faithfulness. It's a natural, supernatural result of me being devoted to Jesus. It doesn't mean that I don't mess up. It doesn't mean that I I don't neglect the things that he wants me to do at times because I'm not perfect in that. There's many days, I I tell you, one of the last things I do at night is kind of Holy Spirit help me assess. There's so many times where the Holy Spirit says, man, you missed this today. Or why didn't you hear me when I was saying this to you or drawing your attention to this? Right, but the time, when, it, when he does it, I'm just saying, God, I want to be faithful in everything that you do. And as I do that, like the result is he just strengthens my life. Don't you, don't you want him to see you? When this verse says he's looking for those who are fully committed, I hope everybody in the room would say, man, when he's looking, I want him to find me. I love the conversation that Jesus has with the woman at the well. The father's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. When he's looking for those worshiping him in spirit and truth, does he find me? Man, I want him to, right? So God is looking for those who are fully committed. And when he finds you, when he sees you, the result is your heart is strengthened. So last week we, we read some of this. We, I want to read some of it again. It's the parable of the talents or what we've known as the parable of the talents. And we're, we're taking a, a different perspective, not an inaccurate perspective, but just seeing some of the teachings that we find in this. It's found in Matthew 25, verses 19 through 23. So let's read those few verses and then we'll get into a few points. Matthew 25, starting in verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I gained five more. Verse 21, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I I love this. This is Jesus telling this parable. And in this parable, Jesus does not recognize the success, the multiplication, I almost said it like Levi, my little three-year-old. We have uh, the multiplication chart in the bathroom now on the shower curtain, and he is trying to say multiplication, and it's, it's so cute how he says it, but I almost said it like him. Multiplication or how much was produced by the first two servants. Did we notice that? It's funny as Jesus, as we have this, this parable recorded of what Jesus is saying, when we're talking about man, there's mention of I'm the servant you gave five bags of gold to. I've brought five back. Yet the response from the master isn't, thank you for bringing 10 back. There's there's no mention of the number. And I love that Jesus isn't focusing on that. What he does recognize and applauds is the servant's faithfulness. One servant had five, gained five more. 
the response from Jesus was, or the master, was well done, faithful servant. The servant that had two brought back two more, so now four. And it wasn't, well, oh, you did awesome for doubling. He doesn't say that. The response is exactly the same. Well done, faithful servant. Faithfulness is a commitment or loyalty to something or someone. I think it would be, uh, um, it would be very uh, uh, transparent or telling if we were to each go throughout the room, if we were to pass a mic down and say, this is what I'm fully committed to or devoted to. Because the reality is in all of our lives, we are fully committed, we are devoted to something or things, plural, someone or someones, plural. It's part of our humanity. We are going, the Bible says we can't serve two masters. The reason it has to say that is because in our humanity, we are going to serve a master. And in this, Jesus is talking about our faithfulness, being fully committed, because you're going to be committed to things or people. And what we see in scripture is what happens in our life when we're fully devoted to God. Now, the amazing thing is, when I'm fully devoted to God, I'm also serving people. Isn't that cool? That's so awesome. If I'm serving God, I'm also serving people. In fact, it says I can't love God and not love people, right? That's amazing to me. So we see these few verses, and though we've called them the, the parable of the talents, we're focusing on the faithfulness of these servants. So let's talk about the blessings of faithfulness, because they're, they're byproducts. As, we fa- as we're faithful, we experience more and more of who God is. Here's the first one. God desires and blesses faithfulness. Let me read a few verses that reveal this to us. Proverbs 20, 28 says, A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get riches will not go unpunished. Right? So if, if, if my goal is to be faithful, I'm going to be richly blessed, blessed. But if I'm striving for riches, we see the separation, and, and it happens. It happens. If I'm striving for something that's not of God, there begins to be the separation between me and him. But God is looking for those who are faithful. Psalms 101 verse 6, my eyes will be on the faithful in the land. Then they will, be, they will dwell with me. He whose walk is blameless will minister to me. Isn't that wonderful? As we are faithful and fully committed to God, we're actually ministering to him. Listen, God just wants to see that we are faithfully living for him and with him. See, that changes things a bit. When I talk about living for him, sometimes we can get wrapped up in the doing. But if I begin to talk about living with him, the result is doing. I just want to be with him. And God just wants to be with us. So if we were to wake up every morning and just say, man, I just want to spend some time with you. I just, you're the first voice that I want to hear, the first face that I want to see, the first moments of my day I'm giving to you, my attention is yours, because that's God's desire for us. I mean, I just picture uh, on a a morning that I happen to be at home when my son gets up, uh, he, so he comes down, he's three, and and he, he can walk down, he can run down steps too, but he's gotten into this thing where he likes to come down on his bottom. I think all of us as kids, okay, I still do it every once in a while. 
uh, we'll sit down on our bottom and just boom, boom, boom. And he's gotten really fast at it. Just uh, but there's these times where he'll come down when he hits the floor, comes around the, 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 the railing of the wall that goes up, the banister, and he sees me. He says, Daddy, and he comes running over and he just wants to stand right in front of me just for a few minutes. And I love it. There's not too many things in this world that I love more, but I love it. And I picture our Heavenly Father having that same sentiment towards you, towards me. He can't wait. He just he can't wait for us to wake up. So can we begin to have this, this heart of man as soon as I wake up, whatever that looks like for you, just having a quick conversation with him as you're getting ready. Man, God loves that and he desires that for us. Here's the second thing. God rewards faithfulness today with greater opportunity tomorrow. You know, as we've gone through transition and and continue to go through transition as grace, uh, we don't see it a whole lot, but on the Cornelius campus, huge transition happening as Pastor Farrell is preparing for his retirement. We have Pastor Zach that's there. And and actually behind the scenes, there is a lot of freedom and liberty that, that is given to Pastor Zach to lead. It is extremely healthy. I don't know if I've seen a transition this healthy ever. Um, it's, it's just amazing to watch Pastor Farrell. I, I've always known that he's a great leader. I think even more of, uh, of him now, but this transition is happening, but Pastor Farrell doesn't like us to use the word transition. He wants us to use the word opportunity because many times when we use the word transition, there's some negative kind of, uh, connotation to that or we're waiting for the shoe to drop or whatever you might, wherever your mind might go. And so he's saying opportunity. I love this. God rewards faithfulness today with greater opportunity tomorrow? What are the opportunities that God is bringing us? Because if we're seizing those opportunities, even the small ones, and there's, there's really no small or big, if it's an opportunity from God, let's just say it's God opportunity, it's kingdom opportunity. And as we, as we seize those opportunities, no matter how small or insignificant we might think that it is, God sees our faithfulness and he rewards us with more and more opportunity. You know what that means for me as a Christ follower, not as a pastor, as a Christ follower? It means that if I seize those opportunities, we can almost guarantee that more and more people come to know Jesus because that's God's heart. So the opportunities that he's given us isn't just for us to, can I say, can I just give you some freedom here for a minute? Maybe I'll set you free right now. Somebody turn Pentecostal and run around the room. Listen, stop waiting. Stop waiting for these big changes to happen in your life. Because if that's what you're doing, then you're waiting to be good enough. And God says you're good enough right now. So if he calls you to pray for somebody, you are qualified and anointed to pray with somebody. Don't worry about the, if all you can get out is God, would you just encourage their spirit? Just encourage, if that's all you can think of, pray it. Because as that begins to happen, not only will their life be transformed, but the change and the transformation you keep asking God for will begin to happen. It will, I promise you. I've been there. Kept asking God, that's not my heart. Why do my actions keep saying something that contradicts my heart? It was because I kept trying to change my actions. And that's just not how God views it. So if you're here this morning and you keep passing up opportunities to pray with somebody because you don't feel qualified, I'm telling you, because Jesus, you are absolutely qualified. If you have Jesus in your heart, you're serving him as your Lord and Savior, you are equipped, empowered, and anointed. So just begin to seize those opportunities. Luke 16, 10 and 11 says this, whoever can be trusted with very little those things that we would say are little opportunities can also be trusted with much. 
Listen, I've heard so many Christians say they want more of God. I want more of God. I want more of God. I want more of God. And I think as we're talking about this faithfulness, this is how we experience more of him. Earlier, I alluded to the the spiritual law of, of giving. I mean, the reality is this. The more I surrender who I am to him, the more I receive all of who he is. And I want everything, not that God has to offer. I want everything that he is. I want to know every part of him. I want to be so familiar with his voice. And when we see this this whole thing of opportunity, I believe it's a matter of me surrendering when those opportunities are before me. Because I'm there. I've been there. God's brought opportunity to me, and I've talked myself out of it. And I want more and more in my life when those opportunities come, I just surrender who I am to who he is. And then do whatever he wants me to do. But it's his whole point of surrender. And the more I surrender who I am, the more I come to see and understand, experience and know all of who he is. I love what it says. If we give him our little, he gives us everything. Isn't that awesome? Because I don't have much to give. As David, I don't have much to give. But the little that I give, man, he just begins to shower down on me all that he is. And that's amazing to me. Here's the third point. Faithfulness positions you to eternal reward. I always say, I I talk more about what is happening in our life today than I do about what happens in our life after Jesus comes. Because I don't have a full understanding of all of that, some understanding, and I'm about to talk about that, but I do understand like today, the now, the the moment by moment of my life, I understand more about that, but the reality is this, one day Jesus will come. He's gonna come back, it's promised to us. Man, I'm ready, I am so, I am so ready. One day he's gonna come and there's this design that he has, just like he's designed the current earth that we live on, there's a design for the eternity that we'll live in after Jesus. And I don't understand all that, but here's what we do know. Based on scripture, we do know that there is a new heaven and a new earth. Now we have, and I've mentioned this before, but for some reason, somewhere along the line, Christians got this mentality or this belief that when Jesus comes, oh, I I just go straight to heaven. And that's not actually what happens. There's this new heaven and new earth. And what the Bible says is that we're caught up in the air or in the sky with Jesus, along with those who have passed away before us. We're caught up in the air all at the same time. Well, those who are dead in Christ rise and then we're there, but it's all like... And it happens, and then we're back on a new earth where Jesus rules and reigns for a thousand years. And maybe that time is relative. I don't know. Is it a thousand literal years? I don't know. But we're back on a new earth, and Jesus is ruling and reigning. And by the way, we rule and reign with him. There's no presence of sin. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. No presence of sin. There's just the presence of God that we get to experience. But somehow, if we're back on a new earth, and I don't know what that looks like, but we get the, these teachings that are happening in scriptures to say, and I don't want to view it in hierarchy because I, I just, when you start talking about hierarchy, that's so unpleasant. That's an unpleasant conversation, and we get prideful and all this. But somehow, there are these levels 
of, uh, I'll just say, servanthood. And no, no level is going to be bad or looked down upon. Or The, the reality is this. I, for me, in my walk with Jesus and in, in my striving uh, or preparation for ministry, in my heart for ministry, I've done just about everything. <laughs> Almost every job, some people are like, you're lying, because they'll be like, yeah, I used to do this. Oh, yeah, I did that for a little while. Oh, yeah, I did that for a while. So, I mean, I have done just, I've had some really cool, cool jobs, unique jobs. Uh, one of the jobs I had was as a janitor. Uh, at the very college that I was, I was attending college, again, as a 29-year-old with a family, and I was actually cleaning this, the, the bathrooms and the hallways and the classrooms with students that I was attending with. And I can tell you, in the beginning, it was a paycheck to me, so I needed to do it. Uh, but in the beginning, there was this whole prideful thing happening in my life. Uh, like, I didn't want to be in the building cleaning urinals when there were students there. Because in the beginning, it was embarrassing. I overcame that by worshiping God while cleaning urinals. So I would just, if you didn't know this, like bathrooms are, there's acoust, the acoustics in bathrooms are phenomenal. So if you don't think you sound good, that's why everybody sings in the shower. It just sounds better. Uh, so I would just begin worshiping God. And, and, and it made it awkward for some of the guys that were coming in to use the bathroom because i just keep singing and singing away. And, but here's this thing. Like I, I just began to find that I, I needed to be faithful. Not, not just in action. I need to be faithful in, in how I was feeling in, in my heart, in my mind. We've got to give him this little, but there's somehow in, in the new earth, there's this, so in Matthew, we see this. You've been faithful with little, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you more. I don't know fully what that looks like on the new earth. But we have this indication that as God looks, he's seeing those who are faithful. If you're faithful with little, and I would say my faithfulness, the way that I focus on faithful, faithfulness now, isn't about little or big, it's about frequency, consistency, no matter what he's asking me to do. So as we read through scripture, there's this, there's this picture we get that the, the faithfulness that you exhibit in your life now, there's reward for that later. Faithfulness is not dependent on how good things are or how easy life is. Faithfulness is not dependent on how much or how little you have. It's not dependent on your talents or abilities, your knowledge or your skills. It is dependent on your heart being fully committed to glorifying God in everything that you do. As we talk about faithfulness, that's what we're talking about. That's a moment-by-moment decision that I'm gonna be faithful in everything that I do. Let's close our eyes. I just wanna make a few statements as you're responding to the Holy Spirit this morning. Listen, be faithful where you are in whatever season you find yourself. I mean, some of us are going through a really good season in life now and then others are going through some hardship. Be faithful, be faithful. I wish that I could promise you that it's, it's gonna be easy, that being faithful to God is just easy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's extremely difficult, but be faithful where you are. Second thing is this, know that no assignment is insignificant to God. No assignment. 
Many times as human beings, we'll judge things with like a quality of, but no assignment is significant. My belief for quite some time is I'm just gonna do whatever God wants me to do and leave the results in his hands. Being faithful in the little things is a big thing. Pastor Mark Batterson said this, if you do little things like they are big things, God will do big things like they are little. God is an awesome God and he wants you to know and experience all that he has. And I believe we begin to experience that through our faithfulness, being fully committed to him, devoted to him, drawing close to him. God, I pray right now in these final moments that you just reveal to us Maybe some areas that we're lacking faithfulness in. Maybe some areas that you just want us to grow and be strengthened in. in. Lord, I do believe that you give us specifics. So let us hear that as well. God, I thank you that you haven't put us here and expect us to, to do this thing, to live this life on our own. Not only do you want us to spend time with you, you desire to be with us moment by moment of every day, leading, guiding, directing, sometimes with whispers, sometimes with shouts, sometimes with gentle nudges, and other times with a push. But God, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for God. Thank you for speaking right now. Listen, if you're here in the room and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you'd like to, to do that, that, this whole faithful life that we're talking about, that's where it starts. It just starts by acknowledging who Jesus is and surrendering your life to him. And, and if you haven't done that, I just want to give you the opportunity to do that. So if you would, just raise your hand and we'll, we're all going to pray with you together as a church family. and see any hands go up, and that's not a bad thing. God, I just pray in these final moments for us that just we're leaning in and wanting to hear you. And, and Lord, the awesome thing is, the cool thing is, is you don't stop speaking to us just because the service ends. There's so much more you want to say. May our ears be attentive to you for every one of us in the room that we would just fully commit and be devoted to you as our God to lean in, to spend time with you, to worship you, to glorify you, to magnify your name and your name alone. Lord, we want to be faithfully devoted to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, if you didn't know, we do have a table set up. There's so many things happening with our Grace Seniors and some plans uh, for the months to come, and, and we want you to be involved in that. So there's information on the table out there. Other than that, don't rush right off. Spend some time. There's people in the room that you need to have a conversation with. So make sure you hang out a little bit and have a conversation. If you can't get back Wednesday night, we have, we have many things going on on Wednesday nights uh, for everybody, including dinner starting at 630. If you can't make it back Wednesday night, we'd love to see you back here next Sunday. You guys be blessed. Love you.